New Orleans Saints tight end Juwan Johnson believes that the Saints have the potential to be an incredibly explosive offense. And I agree, but there are a couple of things they can do to get from potential to expected. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to subscribe and follow on YouTube wherever you get your podcast so you always get the latest episodes. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the Nissan Aria, the electric vehicle for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Thank you very much, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every day here on the show. To get us started here throughout the day today, let me get you caught up on what we're going to go through. So we're going to wrap up today with a free agency recap, right? In case you miss it, it's what we do every Friday, which you caught up so you know every move that the New Orleans Saints have made over the course of this week so far and more. We'll also take a look at Tajay Spears. It was at the Tulane Pro Day today. Thank you to uh, Tulane University for allowing us to come through there. And Tajay Spears really, really, really wants to be a New Orleans Saint, but don't just take it from me. Hear it from him as well. So we'll get to that. But first, the New Orleans Saints can be a remarkably mad explosive offense in 2023, but one little move would absolutely help them get it all done. So the New Orleans Saints feel like they're about one pass catching threat away from having the most explosive potential on offense. Now, obviously there's a caveat here. If there is that sort of suspension that everyone's waiting to see what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara, then maybe There's another addition there that can be made, but in any case, the Saints are about one or two moves away from having the most explosive potential, at least in their division, but maybe in the conference as well. Here's the offense for the New Orleans Saints so far, quarterback skill positions, so not offensive line. Derek Carr is your quarterback, right? In the backfield right now, you have Alvin Kamara. The newly signed former Detroit Lions running back, Jamal Williams, who everyone is very excited about within the organization. And then you add either a rookie to that class or see how you know Benjamin comes along, right? Or Porque No Los Dos, both. At tight end, you've got Juwan Johnson, you've got Taysom Hill, both of which highly athletic. We spoke with Juwan Johnson. You're actually going to see him in a little bit. He is swole right now, uh, but still incredibly athletic, very explosive, all those things. Taysom Hill, you know all the different ways that he can be utilized whether you're using him as a running back, a running quarterback, or a tight end. And now at wide receiver, your top three, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, all very explosive. Michael Thomas, when healthy, incredibly dominant. So of course, health is a factor here. And in getting another pass catcher would be huge for this team that already has a ton of potential on the roster. We spoke today with the newly re-signed tight end, Juwan Johnson. Here's what he had to say about how explosive and how impactful this offseason so far 
has been and thus how how explosive this New Orleans Saints offense can be. I mean, shoot, you guys know how explosive it can be. I mean, you just got to think about like a, a one, the one key part of that is Mike. You know, having a healthy Mike, what I've heard is, is, is the most dominant receiver in the game. Not even the most dominant receiver, but the most dominant player in the game. And so having that guy in there, you see what he did week one and seeing how he scored two touchdowns and it wasn't like he broke a sweat. And so just knowing that you got a guy like that who can just completely change the game and adding key parts like uh, like the running back we just added, you know, Jamal and adding, um, having Chris and having she, you know, having those guys, having explosive guys like that. I mean, I don't know. This offense can do an incredible thing. So clearly there's a lot of excitement for Jawan Johnson. I can tell you that that is echoed throughout everybody that I talked to within the Saints organization throughout my very busy day at the Saints facility today. Uh, there's a ton of excitement there. And I agree that this New Orleans Saints team can be mad explosive in 2023. Look at what happened the last time that Michael Thomas was healthy. You don't even need that, right? Like we're not really talking about how the Saints need 149 catches and 1700 receiving yards and nine touchdowns and an offensive player of the year. Like you don't really actually need that. You need like 90 catches and 1,000 yards. You need like 70 catches and 900 yards. It'll, it'll get you somewhere, right? Uh, or 80 catches and 900 yards. Like that'll that'll still get you somewhere. And then you have Chris Olave with a second you know, second straight 1,000-yard season. You get Rashid Shaheed, another 500, 600 yards. You get um, you know, Juwan Johnson, 400, 500 yards. He had over 500 last year. And then all of a sudden, like this offense is in a whole other category in conversation than what it was last year. And the offense last year wasn't bad when it came to being explosive and moving the ball where it was bad was finishing drives. And so that's why you look at, you know, there are some people who have said, oh, well, Jamal Williams had 17 rushing touchdowns, but so many of those were like, you know, two yard runs, one yard run, everything like that. Well, yeah, that's exactly where the New Orleans Saints struggled last year. Like the Saints were efficient moving the ball between the 20s last year. It was in the red zone that they stunk it up. It was finishing drives that they couldn't get done. So yeah, of course they went out and found a guy that can punch it in like that, that can score in the red zone. And then now all of a sudden, when everyone is healthy and available, you have red zone threats. Jamal Williams, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson, Michael Thomas. You've got somebody that can move quickly in those short area situations to get open at the front pylon in the front corner of the end zone and Chris Olave. That's the point. Right? Like that's where they were so inefficient and so bad last year that all of a sudden they're rebuilding and showing you that that's where they want to be good this year. It makes perfect sense. That's how team building works. But if you add one or two more playmakers in either the draft or free agency, things are different. We're no longer talking about potential. We're talking about expectation. We're talking about expecting the team to be explosive. We're talking about expecting the team to be able to finish drivers or drives. We're talking about expecting this team to put points on the board. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not the only one that feels that way. I spoke with a New Orleans Saints staff member, coach today, and he told me the same thing. I want to get one or two more playmakers. If we can do that, then all of a sudden this offense is, right, what they want it to be. So that is what makes this New Orleans Saints offense different in 2023. And I mean like different. Imagine those skill position players that we just ran through a moment ago, right? All those guys. But then let's say that you add, let's just have fun, Jameer Gibbs, right? Out of Alabama, who, by the way, was not only Alabama's best running back in 2022, but he might have been their best wide receiver as well. Yeah, he didn't lead in terms of rushing, uh, sorry, receiving yards, get over 400 though. And he led the team in receptions with 44 
and he only had three three receiving touchdowns. But obviously, he's a game breaker. You get the ball in his hands, all the different things that he can do. Okay, maybe you don't want to add another running back. I don't know why, but maybe you don't. That's fine. Let's say instead that you go and you grab another tight end, big pass catcher, uh, a Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. That's not good enough for you. Okay, a Darnell Washington out of Georgia. That's not good enough for you. Okay, let's say you wait a little while longer and you go to South Dakota State University, you pick up Tucker Craft, all of them big time pass catching threat. Or maybe you want to go wide receiver. That's fine. You have those too because you can go with a guy like Zay Flowers out of Boston College, a guy like Josh Downs out of UNC, a guy like Nathaniel Tank Dell out at Houston, right? Those three guys who can operate out of the slot for you, but maybe can move around a little bit as well. You get those guys, any one of those guys, and maybe one other guy in free agency. And all of a sudden, you're talking about this New Orleans Saints offense being one to where you're really, really looking at it the way that we thought we were going to be looking at it before 2022 when we said, who do you guard? How do you stop them? Well, the New Orleans Saints mostly got in their own way last year. But looking at the adjustments that they're making so far over the course of the season, seems that they're intent in getting out of their own way. So if the New Orleans Saints weren't in their own way or aren't in their own way, and all these guys either stay healthy relatively, right? The injuries are always going to happen in the NFL, but they stay relatively healthy. And then you keep building this offense. Then we're back to asking that question. Who are you guarding? Who are you stopping? And how are you stopping all of the weapons? I don't want to hype this New Orleans Saints offense up at this point, right? We've been here before. The team looks really good on paper. It's all about whether or not they can execute on the field. So even if they do add those two playmakers, even if they do find ways to continue to build, even if they do go from potential to expectation, that does not mean that it's guaranteed. They have to do the rest. They have to execute out on the field. They have to get out of their own way. And some of that is execution. Some of that is play calling. Some of that is coaching, all of the things. But the Saints felt that they had a leadership problem. They fixed it. They brought in Derek Carr. The Saints found that they had a uh, problem finishing drives. They fixed it. They brought back Michael Thomas. They're bringing back, uh, they, they signed Jamal Williams. You're going to have to do some things to continue to repair the offensive line, add a couple more playmakers, do some more stuff on the defense. We know all that. But as of right now, the New Orleans Saints are showing you that they are intent on rebuilding this team and competing in 2023. So I agree with Juwan. I agree with Juwan. They can be very explosive. But you check off a couple more of these boxes, all of a sudden the Saints, all they have left is to put it together on the field. Another explosive weapon that the New Orleans Saints could potentially add this offseason is two-lane running back Tajay Spears. We'll hear a little bit from him about his hopes of being a New Orleans Saint. Because I got to tell you, this guy really, really, really wants to be a New Orleans Saint. We got that coming up for you here on today's episode of Locked On Saints. And today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Incredible flavors like churro, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, so many phenomenal flavors for you to check out. And right now you get to also head over to the website and get yourself involved in the Built Bar March Madness. Oh yeah, it's that time of the year again. All that you have to do is head over to BuiltMarchMadness.com. Started there, BuiltMarchMadness.com. I don't know why I can't say that. Uh, so you can vote for your favorite Built Bar or Puff and then get your chance to also pick up a box while you're there. All of that, you can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick today. If you do so, 
It's going to enter you in a chance to be one of 50 lucky Locked On listeners to get a free box of Built. And one Locked On listener is going to be lucky enough to get a 12-month subscription to Built as well and have Built's best flavors of bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. Once again, that is BuiltMarchMadness.com. Go get involved today. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Appreciate you as always being Locked On Saints, your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I had a busy day today, and I'm so grateful to be wrapping it up with you uh, as I'm recording this. Um, It was one of those days that I think I'll always remember because I went to the low, and trust me, there's a reason, there's a football reason why I'm telling you this. I'm not just like telling you about my life. Um, <laughs> I went to the Louisiana local pro day in the morning, got to get an opportunity to see some of the guys from like McNeese state, uh, Northwestern state, South, uh, Southeastern, uh, also guys from, uh, Southern, of course, like big Cam Peterson, big Jason Dumas, like these phenomenal players that were like awesome at the HBCU pro bowl, as well as elsewhere. And getting an opportunity to showcase themselves in front of uh, what I believe was every NFL team. I counted about 26, 27 that I was able to identify, but I'm pretty sure probably everybody was there, Saints included, obviously, because it was at their facility. Then I went from there to Juwan Johnson's presser, went from Juwan Johnson's presser to the Tulane Pro Day. And at the Tulane Pro Day, we got an opportunity to see up close guys like Tajay Spears, linebackers, Dorian Robinson, and Nick Anderson, wide receiver Deuce Watts, these great Tulane players that got an opportunity to really put it all out there on the field and show you what they did. And a big part of that day uh, was Tajay Spears, the Tulane running back, that of course every Saints fan would love to see on the New Orleans Saints next year uh, running his 40 time. Because you remember that he put up some some fine numbers over at the um, over at the combine that included like his uh, 30, 30 time, what? His like vertical leap, his broad jump, all that other stuff, but didn't get an opportunity to run uh, the 40 while he was there, while he ran that 40 here in New Orleans. And while we don't have official times at pro days, the NFL scouts that we spoke with said that he ran, we had some people say a 447, other people say a 45 flat, but a lot of people said 447. So that's big for Tajay Spears. That's where he wanted to be. That's about where he wanted to run. So if you were worried about, you know, his speed or anything like that, like him running in the four fours, that's fantastic for his stock while he also jumped 39 inches at the combine in his vertical and then jumped 10 foot five in his broad jump. Really, really awesome. And he put up 18 bench press reps as well, which is great for a smaller running back. You also got to see the intangibles that he brings, him cheering on his teammates, him celebrating with guys. Nick Anderson, the uh, two-lane linebacker, jumped a 10 foot one broad jump, which is really, really good. And him and Dorian Williams and Tajay Spears all started celebrating with one another. And I asked him about that. I, you know, I asked him like, are are you excited that scouts are here? You've got all 32 teams here. Are they, are you excited to show them who you are as a person, as a teammate? And he said, yeah, like there's, there is that part of it. But at the same time, like for them, that might've been their last time really getting to do anything together because they're all about to get drafted and potentially head to other parts, like all different parts of the U.S. And so this was really their last time doing something football related together. So just such a great awareness of like the intangibles, the connection, the locker room, the culture, all of that stuff. You know, Tulane teaches culture over scheme uh, and you can see it uh, in in the way that these players kind of interact with one another, how they showcase one another, how they rep for one another, all of that, how they hype each other up, everything. So it was really, really cool. And one of the other things that was kind of cool too was sort of speaking with Tajay after the uh, pro day and he was asked a bit about his um, 
you know, expectations in terms of like where he's going to end up and if there's a team that he really wants to be uh, with. And, and, and I'll just show you and, and let you listen as well. Here's what he said. Play football in Louisiana. Started uh, middle, uh, little league, middle school, high school, college. So it, it'll be, you know, like I said, like it'll be amazing if, if the Saints can pick me up. But at the, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, what, what opportunity opened up at. So can't just be banking on them. And when they come around, it don't happen. And I'll be sad. So, man, I'm blessed. Wherever I land up at, I'm going to be blessed. So, I mean, just how wholesome, <laughs> how much more wholesome can you be? You know what I mean? Just to be sitting there and say, yo, you know, I mean, little league and then played in middle school and then high school and then been here and everything. I would be sad if they didn't pick me. You know, I don't want to get too, too up, you know, too kind of, you know, I don't want to, my expectations to be too high and then I get sad. Like this guy so clearly wants to be a New Orleans Saint that you kind of just want to like call up Mickey Loomis and be like, hey, Mickey, listen. um. Just, just make it happen, okay? Just make it happen for the kid. I mean, how awesome is that? Now, you know, look, very rarely do these types of things work out. I know that a lot of folks have their sort of like um, thoughts on how the New Orleans Saints never draft LSU players and Louisiana prospects, but that's not unique, right? Oftentimes, teams don't often end up drafting players from within their own state. It's just kind of a thing across the NFL. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're from that state. It's just when are they available? What's the value? What's the need? What are all these other things, right? So there, there's a chance that Tajay Spears ends up you know, elsewhere. And I asked him, like, what are the other teams that you met with? He listed off that he's meeting with the Atlanta Falcons on the 20th. I know you hate to hear that. Um, he was also going to be meeting with the uh, te- the uh, Houston Texans was a team that he uh, is, is going to be meeting with here soon. And I mentioned another team that he's going to be meeting with as well. But you know, there was no mention of the of the New Orleans Saints in there in terms of like the top 30 visits and all. But good news is that the Saints are holding another what is effectively called their local pro day, which will have some of their local prospects of that as opposed to just like guys that attended schools in Louisiana. It's a lot of other guys that are maybe been out of the league for a little while or were in the league for a little while, then weren't in the league for a little while, all that. Plus these guys like Tajay Spears who were from here in Louisiana. So they'll get an opportunity to get a look there with the uh, at Tajay Spears on April 7th at that local pro day. I'll probably speak with him again then as well. So we'll be sure to keep you up to date with that. The other team that um, that he said that he has a top or, 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 or a visit with, I assume it's a top 30 visit because it falls in that top 30 visit window um, was the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. So just really cool to like, just continue to get to see this guy like grow and do more and get more connected and get more opportunities. He and Joel Thomas, New Orleans Saints running backs coach, worked a ton together and i'm i'm talking a ton together and joel thomas kind of put him through the ringer having him do some routes on air and stuff like that and not just your usual routes on air like all right everybody run a post sorry but but like rigorous and tajay nailed it every step of the way so that's maybe something to consider um you know joel thomas state's running back coach was there dennis allen saint's head coach was there mickey loomis uh saint's general manager was there Michael Parenton, Saints, uh, uh, you know, uh, director of pro scouting was there. I mean, everybody was out there. So it was. it's great to see that the exposure and the attention on Tajay Spears is absolutely there from the in-state team that, of course, he grew up uh, rooting for. Okay, coming up next, uh, we want to get you caught up with everything from New Orleans Saints free agency over the course of this week. So it's in case you missed it. 
uh, who they retained, who they lost, who they gained, who they added, all of that. We got all of it coming up for you. We'll run through the entire list, get you all caught up on today's episode of Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sportsbook in all of America. Uh, they are the official sportsbook of the NFL, and I know the NFL season is over, so you can get in on some of the big action around the NBA. Maybe some of these teams, maybe some of your favorite teams like mine aren't going to be making it to the playoffs this year. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the case for the Pelicans, but they certainly shouldn't shut it down. They should keep competing, but maybe yours is going to be making a run. So this is an opportunity, and especially if you're a first-time user of FanDuel, your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets is going to be waiting right there for you. So it's bonus bets you get back if your first bet doesn't win, which means that there's no losing when it comes to your first bet. So you can download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, but don't make sure But make sure you don't miss out on that no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. You can get that by heading over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with our In Case You Missed It segment, getting you caught up on everything that you need on a Friday from the week ahead. Now, I'm just going to note this, that by the time that this comes out, after I've recorded this, or by the time you watch or listen to it, some of these names might have changed, might be new names on the list, things like that. But this is just where we are as of the time that I'm recording. So I want to run you through everything that has happened so far with the New Orleans Saints and free agency. So let's start off with the players that they have lost. Defensive tackle, David Onyemata, linebacker, Caden Ellis, headed to the Atlanta Falcons, not able to retain either of those guys. So they're headed over to division rivals. They're not the only ones heading over to division rivals. You got quarterback, Andy Dalton, and defensive tackle, Shai Tuttle, headed over to the Carolina Panthers. So far, the Saints have found ways to replace almost all of those guys. We'll discuss how here in just a second. Defensive end Marcus Davenport headed to the uh, Minnesota Vikings, though it seems like there's some holdups with his physicals, maybe something to watch out for there. Since his contract will have already terminated with the New Orleans Saints, I don't think that he reverts back to New Orleans, but there would be something potentially interesting there if he ended up having to go to injured reserve or something like that or or, or whatever, right? Pre, your pre-existing stuff or non-football injury or something. It'd be really interesting to see how that plays out if there's an issue there. Does he just go back to the market? Does that impact the Saints somehow? I'm not entirely sure, but something worth watching. Maybe it's nothing. And then he's just there, you know, soon. Uh, and then wide receiver Deontay Hardy headed to the Bills. Very excited about that fit. Good for him getting another uh, opportunity. The players of the New Orleans Saints retained wide receiver Michael Thomas. That was a big one. Quarterback Jameis Winston. That was a surprising one. Not going to have time to go through his uh, social media post, but please head over to his Instagram Head over to his uh, to to his uh, Twitter account and just take a look at his his heartfelt note about why he didn't leave. And I'll tell you why, just so that you know, you you're the reason that he didn't leave. Like he really puts this to the Saints fans as the reason why he felt comfortable going. That and there's some mentions of his health in there too, taking the time to get healthy so he can see perhaps after this season another opportunity after that. So really heartfelt message, good detail in there, like worth a read for sure. No matter how you feel about Jameis Winston as a player. This is really, really solid stuff explaining why he stuck around in New Orleans. The Saints also retained, of course, tight end Juwan Johnson. He was set to be uh, coming off of that restricted free agent contract. They could have put the RFA tender on him, but instead they just give him a whole new contract, which is fantastic. So he'll be hanging around in New Orleans for at least the next couple of years. Safety JT Gray is back. And as of uh, Thursday, punter Blake Gilligan is back as well. 
The interesting thing about Blake Gilligan is that he's going to be coming back not in the number four, but in the number five, because he is graciously handing over the number four over to uh, quarterback um, uh, uh, Derek Carr, of course. I can't believe I just forgot. <laughs> it's like quarterback uh, uh, Derek Carr. So Derek Carr will be wearing number four here in New Orleans. Blake Gilligan will be wearing number five. Interestingly, he used to belong to Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, of course, now a free agent, have no idea uh, any beat at all on on where he is this offseason or or where his process is. But uh, if he comes back to New Orleans, which I would say is unlikely at this point, but if he comes back to New Orleans, he won't be wearing the number five. All right, let's talk about the players added. Quarterback Derek Carr, of course, the big one. Uh, the other big one, running back Jamal Williams. You probably heard me wax philosophical in Thursday's episode all about the quality of player and human being that Jamal Williams brings, not only on the field is between the tackles runner who can also catch and get around the edge for you. Uh, but he is like a power back at 220 plus pounds, but he's also somebody that is, you know, a fantastic culture fit. You know, I spoke with uh, one of the saints coaches today and I was, you know, basically saying like, I assume you're incredibly excited about Jamal Williams. And basically was like, yeah. And I mentioned like how good of a culture guy he was. And they were basically saying like, yes, that is exactly right. Like that is a huge addition to our locker room. So they love uh, and are very excited about what Jamal Williams is about to bring. Uh, they also replaced defensive tackles David Onyemata and Shai Tuttle by bringing in defensive tackles Nathan Shepard and uh, Colin Saunders, who have just about as good uh, stats and metrics when it comes to the run game, but add a little bit more for you in terms of being attacking pass rushers. The Saints also on Wednesday bring in offensive tackle Storm Norton, former Toledo offensive tackle brought into the NFL by the Minnesota Vikings for the last three years with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers had 15 starts with the Chargers in 2021. All that right tackle allowed nine sacks and about 59 pressures. Played 62 snaps in 2022 with zero starts. 10 pressures allowed just over those 62 sacks. So on a snap by snap basis, probably a little bit of an improvement there, but like not excellent. Uh, zero sacks allowed at least in in 2022, but over 62 snaps, not so. There's not a lot to really celebrate there. So interesting what it is to see what it is the Saints see in this signing and see what he might be able to turn and develop into. Now, a couple of things for you. A couple of players that were on expiring contracts on RFA tenders did not get retained, right? Uh, Blake Gillikin was brought back on a new contract. Uh, Juwan Johnson was re-signed on a new contract before his RFA contract expired. But there's a couple of other players like Marquis Calloway, New Orleans Saints wide receiver, defensive tackle Malcolm Roach, linebacker Chase Hansen, linebacker Andrew Dowell, and defensive tackle Albert Huggins that didn't get brought back after the RFA tender, at least at the time that I'm recording this. Here's why. If you look at the RFA tenders, right, which are those sort of like one-year tags you could slap on a player to make sure that they don't go anywhere or at least get yourself right a first refusal if somebody else submits an offer sheet, you're talking about at the at the lowest level. million in one year. So the reason why that's important to know is because just because these guys didn't have their restrictive free agent tenders picked up doesn't mean that they can't come back. Blake Gillikin is an example of that. And so the thing to think about here is that $2.6 million is the absolute cheapest that you can get somebody back on an RFA tender. And if you try to resign them to a new contract after you guarantee them $2.6 million, it's kind of shaky, right? Because you want to get them below that. So you're better off letting them walk and then re-signing them, hopefully, on a contract where you can control some things like what their 2023 cap hit is going to look like. So for example, Jamal Williams, who scored 17 touchdowns last year, has a cap hit in 2023 of just $1.88 million. Now, he came back on a pretty affordable deal, or he came here 
on a pretty affordable deal, three years, $12 million with $8 million guaranteed. But the first year structure is something the Saints had control over. They wouldn't have control over that when it comes to these pre-set prices of the RFA tenders. So that's why you see a lot of those guys getting getting not re-signed or not tendered, but could potentially be coming back into New Orleans in a framework where they can control what that first year uh, hit is. Okay. In case you missed it, Andrus Pete agreed to a reworked deal that saves the Saints around $9.5 million in 2023 and also gives them a bit of an off-ramp in his schedule after or in his contract after the 2023 season. This is a big approach by the New Orleans Saints, one that I recommended that they should take, not that they listened to me, but we had discussed it on the show here that instead of doing the post-June 1 thing when you don't have a successor at the position and not feeling that salary cap relief until June 2nd, and instead of just cutting them outright or restructuring and kicking the can down the road, get them to take a pay cut. And this is a little bit of a both, right? This is a little bit of a pay cut and it's a little bit of a restructure, but it gives you an opportunity to uh, lower what was like a $13 million contract or whatever it was and be in a situation or you no, know, it was $18.3 million is what his total cap it was, where you're able to lower that by getting to take a big old pay cut in terms of his base salary and then end up restructuring the deal so that you fix some of the money in next year without having to kick the can all the way down the road. Now, if the Saints do move on from him next year, it's $13 million in dead cap, but that's not nearly enough for the New Orleans Saints to be afraid of. Maybe for like, you know, other organizations it is, but not for the New Orleans Saints and Kai Harley. That's not a problem. Um, interesting thing to consider, though, is that this move effectively puts Andrus Pete in a final year contract, right? So he's kind of in a contract year. Right guard Cesar Ruiz also in a contract year. So it'd be interesting to see if maybe the Saints pick up Cesar Ruiz's fifth year option to make sure that you don't have both of these guys playing on a fifth or on a contract year in 2023. So it'll be interesting to see how that impacts. Last thing for you, in case you missed it, Marcus May, his alleged aggravated assault case that was in Jefferson Parish, not the DUI, but the other one that he picked up just before the beginning of, or was like during training camp and stuff like that, uh, has now been refused by the court for insufficient evidence. So that part will no longer be a part of the potential discipline for uh, Marcus May, at least from the legal side. We'll see what happens with the NFL side. And we still have to see how the DUI ends up doing, uh, going, you know, going through. Um, he had a court date for that yesterday. It was a Zoom court date, according to Catherine Terrell of ESPN, but that has been continued to later on this month. So we'll get an update on that, see if that gets continued again or how that uh, ends up impacting potentially his availability in 2023. But at least you don't have both of these cases now looming over him. It's just the uh, DUI case, which isn't good. <laughs> Not good, but certainly this whole situation could have been a lot worse for him, um, depending upon how everything could have gone. So, all right, that gets you caught up with everything. want to tell you real quick uh, for folks that are interested. I've had a lot of people ask me things like, hey, Ross, how can we contribute to the show? How can we do a little bit extra, things like that? And I never want to ask you to do anything for me without me doing anything back. So I found something. And this is a part of something that actually Locked On is doing. Uh, it's called subtext. And so basically what it is that it gives you an, an opportunity. You can subscribe um, and you can uh, text with me, basically. And I can send you exclusive stuff. I can record and send you exclusive like unlisted links do Q&As, do uh, in-game thoughts during the regular season, keep you up to date with everything going on in the locker room, like give you some exclusive looks of stuff as well. So if you want to be a part of that, um, head over to, and I'll put this link in the description as well, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening over on audio, head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints. 
and then subscribe. It's a 14 day free trial. And then it is $4.99 after that, but you only have to pay that if you like it and you want to stick around. So um, just something I wanted to try and I'm trying to find more and more ways to give you more and more uh, because I love this and I love you all so much. So if there's, if you're interested, uh, the links in the description, links in the show notes, uh, go ahead and check it out and get some one-on-one. All right, y'all, I appreciate you so much as always. Make it locked on. It's your first listen of the day, every day for your second listen. Make sure you go and check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. They are back. The biggest free agent acquisition right here on Locked On, getting Joe Krabs and Joe Marino back to teach you how it is that NFL franchises build successful teams year in and year out from top to bottom, everything from salary cap management to roster construction. They got it covered for you. They even talked about the New Orleans Saints earlier today and their decision to hang out with uh, bring Derek Carr. And this is not a Nick Wright take. So you can go and check it out. Appreciate you as always. Make a lock. Don't say it's your first listen. And of course, for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.